Hello and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Joining me on the pod this week is British ski legend, Finley Mickle, and former racer, now director of Ambition, Mark Tanning. Sorry, Mark, no plaudits like that for you. I was going to say, also a skiing <laughs> legend, sure. <laughs> of some description. Uh, on this episode, we'll look back at the weather-affected men's event from Salbach Interglen whilst the women were in Crans Montana for GS and Slalom uh, before we look to discuss the upcoming weekend's racing. For the men, it's GS and Slalom in Naiba, Japan, whilst the women are in Crans Montana, Switzerland for speed events. Boys, welcome. Thank you for coming on the pod. Um, Finn, start with you. Yes. What are your... World Cup highlights so far this season? I think there's been so many. Um, it's been such an interesting season in that um, we've not got Hearshire anymore and everyone's got a shot at the title. And for all the potential chances everyone has a shot at that title, nobody's really, you know, killing it. Nobody's singing on all cylinders. Everyone's making mistakes, Tripping everyone's having issues. And what I'm most excited about out of all of that drama is that a downhiller might be back on top. Killed a yes. You know, it's been yeah. so dominated by technical event disciplines, skiers for so many years now. Who's killed one, Meyer? A, Meyer, yeah, Meyer, Meyer, Meyer is a three discipline skier. Yeah. And um, yeah, prior to that, more, more downhill specific. But yeah. But then I think it's going to be quite interesting. Yeah, the first time that you're seeing. Guys now skiing across three disciplines, whereas Hirscher, people just went, you know what, Hirscher's going to win it from the beginning, so we weren't even going to stick 12, on. 13 slaloms, off you go. Yeah, exactly. Have them all. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, highlights for the season? Um, I'm going to say Kitzbull. Because you were there, pissed. Well, <laughs> and because Finley got his <laughs> out. Um, <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> I told you you're going to need to edit. Um, I'm keeping that in. <laughs> Kitzbull for me, because just the sheer number of, um, Kitzbull slalom, sheer number of athletes coming into the top 30 from higher bibs, I thought was phenomenal. Um, Pertle has since shown that he's not a you know, one-hit flash, wonder. Flash in the pan. Um, Bratton, to come from you know, such a high bib into the lead was just amazing. And you know, even guys that weren't necessarily on that day prolific, but since then as well, Halgen coming in and getting his first podium. Um, but I think the Kitzbühel slalom was just phenomenal to watch. Um, you know, not least because we had a Brit, Mike Pulaski, setting the first round, but phenomenal race to watch. So many guys coming in, and um, yeah, super exciting. Slalom this year is just super exciting. Can I add to that? Um, uh, we're at the bottom of the piece, and we're going to take the piss out of Mike Polarski for setting a shocker of a course as all British people do and we were there at the bottom to watch Mike Polarski set an amazing course that Christopherson had issues with and his guys didn't and then Bratton came from <coughs> 37 to win by three tenths and then to go and share a moment like that that's truly British in my old pal Mike Polarski having the day of his life and to be around that yeah. bringing me back to that that was my moment of the season in all honesty to be there after first run and second run inspection in Kitzbühel and to be there with Mike Polarski who I used to race against for my whole career in Scotland back in the day was my moment and for his man Bratton to do what he did above and beyond Christophson moaning about it was very very special I think at the, at the moment anything that gets Christophson riled up is <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> <take> much <laughs> Uh, watching that guy lose his, his uh, toys out of the pram on multiple occasions is a, is a bit of a highlight for me sometimes actually just brings sometimes it's pretty petulant but it brings some sort of spice to, <laughs> spice to proceedings but I think you, you both touched on tech is insane we've talked about it multiple times whether it's on here or whether it's on Eurosport whether it's in the bars or in the race clubs around the country that to be a second and a half from first to 30th is ridiculous like you can win from anywhere on a second run now. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned a couple of the guys there, um, not to mention Laurie Taylor, sorry, mm. going in there as well. Um, you know, it was a, a, a brilliant day, and I can't remember what the exact figure was, but since the last time Britain had two... All four Baxter brothers. There you go. Two in the top 30 um, for a second round was just phenomenal. And when you looked at the social media and everything else from that day, the whole of the British racing community were buzzing, not just about Laurie and Dave, but also about... Mike Pulaski setting yeah. the number of comments that were like yes one of our own setting the course and you know I guess as well 
um, people don't necessarily, um, I don't know, maybe not take notice is the wrong phrase, but you know, they expect Dave to be up there. They expect Tristan to maybe be setting a course yeah. every so often, but um, yeah, another Brit to be setting, another Brit to be going into the 30. It was just a, a really, a really exciting and hungover day. I'm surprised you, you probably saw multiple <laughs> slaloms that day at the, the hangover. I'm pretty sure you would have had that on that week. He made the first run unlike others. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kuchelski did make the first run unlike I, this week. I wasn't going to do <laughs> <laughs> No, funny. Throw him under the bus, Ben. Under the bus. Um, Looks like he's been under the bus. Yeah, he has. If you take a look at his social media, his face is twice the size of his ever been before um, let's now move on to last weekend's racing we were in Salbach Hinterglen for men's speed thankfully they stepped in after the race from China was moved obviously due to the viruses that are going around so it was a last minute step in relatively and it's a lot of cash to come up with to run a World Cup so pretty thankful that it got off but the weather definitely didn't Workout in Salbach's favour. It was soft, windy, and uh, and therefore quite a slow-paced weekend's worth of speed for the men. Yeah, there was one training run, and it was from the lower start, and then they did a training run of 14 seconds from the higher start to try and make that happen, and then the weather on the day of the downhill day Thursday, it was unable to happen. Um, we then had a lower start of the 72% steep drop-over, which was wild. I mean, to watch guys go down 137 kilometers an hour, I think it was the fastest speed, and their skis are going 45 degrees left, 45 degrees, you never knew what was gonna happen. It was really exciting. It was one of those races that you wish the cameras could have picked it up more of how exciting it was. Because if you just watched it plain time, it it, it didn't look that exciting. The traverse, this long right-footed traverse, just dragged the speed out of it and after that it, it looked like a training run below it didn't have what Salbach has in abundance which is massively challenging turns yeah when it's icy it's one of the best most challenging pieces in the world it wasn't that and it had a little tinge of <coughs> yeah it, it could have been a better show but for dressing I mean we commentated on it at the time and I wrote dressing off and started waffling on about some other stuff <laughs> whilst Dressen was winning the race, which as a commentator, you massively regret. Because <laughs> we thought it was do done. It. He was 10 metres out of the line, he yeah. threw it sideways and he still won because he relaxed and he let it flow. And um, that's not normally what Salbach's about. Salbach has more challenges there in that slope than we saw, which was unfortunate for the race. But it was still great that Salbach was able to fill the gap that the coronavirus has stolen from us in China and it'll be interesting to see what China really will have for us in the future when we go there for the next Olympics. Yeah, because they've got to get, you know, it's a build-up to test events, isn't it, for the Olympics? So obviously we've missed it this year, puts pressure on it for next year because I'm not sure what happens if they uh, don't get it next year, then becomes... um, They'll have to try and squeeze it in somewhere because you have to have a test event before you go to the Olympic Games. They'll throw someone down it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in. (laughs) But yeah, it was a super tight race because the conditions were easier. But you're right, especially that top section, that right-footed turn was chunking. Some bits were hard, some bits were soft, some bits were smooth and others had these big holes in it from like three people and so yeah it was that was providing a bit of entertainment but Dressen took the win over Foyts and Kavietzel picking up a third place which was nice to see him I feel like he's he sort of sometimes gets left behind when you're talking about speed because you get carried away with Foyts and the big names and Kavietzel I think steps up and and he's taken some serious risks this year and I think it's about time he uh, was on the podium again so I'm pretty pleased for him when we talk about the you know Kavietzel as well and when you look at the downhill results I mean the Swiss had second yeah. third fourth and fifth with um, I believe it was Janker and Hintman in yeah. there as well and that was um, that's you know phenomenal to see um, and I think you know um, Kavietzel as well then then went on obviously to get a, a second podium in as many days in the in the Super G as well um, albeit a, sh- a shortened Super G and as, as Finn says I didn't actually spend too much time watching the downhill, but I did watch the Super G on TV. And um, 
and to me with the shortened the, the lower star and also um the conditions because it'd been raining it was warm just the general speed of it just seemed pretty slow and it seemed like a you know it was a short a short training super g yeah. more than anything else yeah. it wasn't um it wasn't what it can be in salback um because there is especially down after where they started the super g down that first steep and then you've got that natural humongous hump in the middle of the piece that's where andy noble that's chucked a little snowplow in training you swear i told owen winter last year to go off there steadily on a no first round about ECL 40 there. meters and no backs of it there's ecl <laughs> there back in the day as well it's a huge huge jump yeah big and natural then, roll and it's onto pancake flat if you go too far <laughs> exactly <laughs> ask <and> all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was, it was t- the Swiss backed up, and I'm again, please, I've said it before, Yanka finding form. If there's somebody down there with silky smooth skills, Yanka's the, the guy that just has that sort of effortless, silky smooth technique for, down there. But it was a, uh, all in all, it was pretty good, apart from for the Austrians, Kriegmeier, sixth best Austrian. We expected them to do better. Um, uh, Talbach is their Austrian training centre for downhill technique and development because it has so much terrain. We just don't see it normally with such slow snow. So they almost overskied it. They all seem to overski it. Um, Meyer seemed to have flu and he didn't seem his normal self with power. And it was a surprise to see the Swiss dominating apart from Dressen uh, rather than the Austrians because mm. it's they're, you know, that's where they train Home Super downhill yeah. the most out of anywhere else in the world. Yeah, that was a surprise. But uh, on to the Super G. We saw Kilda pick up his first World Cup win, then Kvyatsev took second, and Dressen again rounding off the podium in third. Uh, Pantero, interestingly, in sixth, um, and also uh, Travis Ganong for the Americans in seventh. So I think I was really pleased to see Kilda do well. He's one of the, the guys that seems to try the hardest out of everybody and ends up making silly mistakes because he's charging so hard he could have won three or four races a season I talk about Kilda a lot when we're commentating on the races for Eurosport and he's made the mistakes that have lost him the race and I called it on the day this is the race for Kilda today he has the power to throw through it and so often he powers into terrain and gets thrown on the back seat and that's fine to generate speeds but if there's more terrain after it that's when he's made huge mistakes this season and to see him go top of the Super G standings, to see him go top of the overall, and mm. to see him be the next Norwegian and an atomic boy oh. was the <laughs> day of my and, days. And Kavietsel as well. Yeah, so, so I thoroughly enjoyed that day for all sorts of reasons. But actually, more than any of it, because a downhill or Super G speed specialist has a chance to take the overall, and, and that's why I was so excited to buy that performance. I, I, I was saying, I was going to say about Kilda. He, you're right, chucks away wins, and he's done it multiple times. He did it in um, Garmisch on the, the third gate, threw away the chance of winning, just because he's so pumped up. He's he just wants it so bad, and I and I picked him for the win in the Super G. But actually, when I saw the conditions, I wasn't sure that he was going to be able to do it because of how the sort of snow conditions being a little bit softer. And I wondered whether he was just going to put too much power on. But I was so pleased to see that he didn't. But you're right, that overall now, without Hirscher there, Kilda back, you've got Pantero skiing three disciplines, which, I mean, he dabbled in it last couple of seasons. But this year, obviously, looking to take the overall, you've got people like Maya now hitting three disciplines and, uh, and, and when you look at what's left as well you know with um there's there's the races in Nebo in japan kranskagora finals in cortina for the for the tech events and then hinterstoder and kipfil and you sort of think you know it doesn't really favor necessarily Either. tech over speed it's going to be a really exciting run into the end of the season we've got beyond the point of the season where being a slalomer is your benefit yeah. We've had all them slaloms in January. Yeah, the January. And we're past that now. So it's it's level pegging now. It's really exciting. Yeah, it's great. And there's a, you know, with, um, what is it, 80, around 80 points that Kilda's got ahead of Christofferson and Pantrell pretty much, I think he's exactly 100 points behind. It's, um, it's going to be super close in the run-in. I mean, interestingly, everyone, you know, if you, if you ask people, everyone backs Kilda. 
you know, he's a, he's a guy people want him to win, yeah. want him to do well. The fact that he's also more on the speed side. Come on, Gilda! Changes, Come on! Changes everything up. And, sorry, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and but the, other, the other guy as well, um, with, uh, with Jansrud there, in the in the super G, watching him come down, I, I was I was thinking at the top, okay, he's gonna you know he's gonna have this out yeah. the gate, and then pretty much every jump, he he just launched himself in the wrong direction in the in the super yeah. G. He was he was wide pretty much on every landing, and um, and that cost him that cost him cost him a really great position. I thought. Um, oh, yeah, a couple of guys actually threw away big chances. Maya threw away a big chance with that direction, got the wrong direction off that blind roll, ended up missing the gate, coming out again, throwing away points for the Super G title, let alone obviously the overall, but throwing away Super G points uh, just by real basic errors. I mean, obviously he's been through a little bit of illness this year, missed uh, Garmisch, didn't he, through, through sickness, so he's maybe still battling with a few things. But it's just not enough Super Gs like in the season to be able to make mistakes. That's the issue that we don't run enough Super Gs. So if you make a mistake of one or two, it's hugely costly. Well, you skied, you were training in Hinterite, weren't you, with your we guys? Actually, the days before, we trained one day with the uh, with Hinterman, Kavitzel, Foyt and um, Janka. And then the next day with, um, with Jansrud and Kilda wasn't there, but with Jansrud and... Um, Sherstead. Sherstead. And and I think it's fair to say that Ted Slade and Owen Vinter pushed the Swiss so hard that they upped their game and then got second to fifth in the in the downhill. So you're taking Come ambition, on, ambition, boys. Ambition, exactly. taking full on, ambition, ambition, boys. ambition are taking credit. Are you waiting for the, the check? The checks in the mail. Yeah. Nothing has come through yet. But Austrian Austrian post is slow. So as long as that helps the boys in their experience of winning and training, is massively I believe in that. If you can measure yourself next to such legends and take that into a real race, that's what we all have to learn from to become better. Yeah. It's the only reason Ed got good, Finn, from training with you. Following this guy. <laughs> Tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure who that says more about me or you. <laughs> um, yeah, neither, but no, neither of you wanted to claim that. <laughs> no, but I, what, Not I want beer. Yeah, exactly. Now, what I did want to ask you though, I remember speaking to you when you'd done that train, the two training days with the mm. Swiss and then with the Norwegians, and you and you were saying that the the Swiss trained hard and fast straight from the gun, and the Norwegians sort of eased their way in. Yeah, it's, that's that's how it seemed. Anyway, maybe the Swiss would be like, "Yeah, that was that was us at fifty percent as well, mate." Um, <laughs> just that they were so far ahead of my boys, mm. that I thought they must have been gunning it. No, um, I have to say, Jansrud and Stian. I'm going to say Stian because I can't say his second name. But um, that's what I do in commentary. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> just avoid. I've been doing that all week at the English champs <laughs> from Iceland. Um, no, so um, they seem to be yeah doing what the the boys would call a bit of a, an Austrian inspection, or they were just cruising around for the first run but they seem to very much be yeah just building into it a few runs taking a lot of time and the turnaround and the Swiss the intensity seemed seemed just a little a little bit higher both seem to have to, to have value without speaking to the coaches and without knowing yeah, the just rest of the, the outs, season yeah. who knows what they were what they were doing but um, it was really interesting to watch great for great for Brits to have that experience and just just interesting to see um yeah, I'm quite often trying to push the guys to go hard from the first run. So it's, it's interesting to see. I think that from a Swiss way. perspective, that's really interesting in that they're winning the overall nations. Mm-hmm. It's been dominated by Austria for how many million years? It's been dominated by Hesha for millions of years. Well, and the Austrians. There's, there's a couple of other schnook schnabels in there. Um, but, you know, the Swissies are doing it this year and, and it takes that push within training that means something to create that and I think you're touching on that when a team is going forwards every run counts Mm. and the Norwegians are legends and they're attacking Vikings but to be honest that gold medal repetitiveness might be towards the end of its time frame and the Swiss is on their way up Mm. it's really interesting that first run does count massively does count and if you're going to race it unless you're a lazy downhiller like myself first one doesn't count <laughs> but most other people it really does count if you're super g if you're gs if you're slalom it really does count and only the family abfaras can 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 rest on their laurels in that way and ease their way in 
And the, the Canadians were up the same day um, as the Norwegians. Uh, Canadian coach John Kachera was is in charge of them. They, by I guess, what seemed seemed to be quite a young group, and um, I think it was as much of a as much of an experience for them as it was for as it was for our two guys. So it was yeah, really cool to do. Yeah, that. I think it's really interesting. I, I kind of interested how they're playing it differently and actually Finn you're, you're dead right the Swiss load of young guys coming up right at the top of their you know sort of steep incline of performances and the Norwegians I guess you'd probably you'd have to say I mean you would have to say with the answer who's definitely not the dominant force he used to be you got Sarahstedt who's on his way up and then um, I can't remember the other guy's name who injured, did his knee that's a uh, similar age to Sarahstedt that's uh from the Norwegians, anyway. But um, with Axel Lundstrandal being the dominant force, and he's passed <coughs> now, and he learned from the, the, the best ever. Um, you know, it, it, it's we all love the Norwegians, but it feels like it's past that at this moment in time. I yeah. mean, the, the other thing as well that was interesting was the the Swiss set the day before after training came up and set in the afternoon, and there were maybe 10, 12 staff there. Now maybe that was their whole team, and and I have to say, Kilder wasn't wasn't over. Training, training with us. I think he was in Chamonix doing the parallel event mm-hmm. on that, our first day of training, and so maybe the Norwegians were spread a little bit thinner. But there was there was two coaches up. Um, not sure that really makes a difference. But the interesting thing was how much support there was there with the Swiss group. There was, you know, I don't know exactly who was who, but there was definitely a lot of coaches, a lot of technicians, and this is for a, a 35, 40 second. Super G training at uh, Hinterite, you can cover the you can see the whole hill with two people, and um, but they had that everybody everything, there. everybody there, everything prepped, and it was it was super slick, a super slick operation, really professional, and um, a lot of support there. Well, they've never been lacking on budget from the Swiss perspective. They've been up there with the Austrians for years, but I think it's fantastic to see from a whole nation that they're up there with the Austrians on performance. Because they, they've never had the lesser budget than the Austrians historically for the last 20 years. So obviously it's, I wonder if it's something that's changed or whether it's it's just their time in, in terms of that sort of thing. It's, I, I think it's great. Loads of people stepped up their game in the last couple of years and whether whether or not it's true. But the whole thing that they're looking at overalls again, I think that is something that's driving them to train more disciplines, whether it's... You know, it's making the program even more mental. You talked about Kilda going from the parallel GS, have, driving the following day uh, seven hours across from Chamonix over to Salbach to then do a downhill training run, um, yeah. and then race a couple of days later on downhill skis, and then win the following day on <laughs> GS on Super G skis. It's normally, brutal. Normally, the top boys would have a chopper for that. Yeah. Do you think he think he went by chopper? No one killed the next. Killed the chopper. He needs, to, he needs to win the overall before he's allowed he... to have the helicopter. <laughs> that I'm referring to. <laughs> right. Okay. Before this uh, before this gets any worse, we're going to move on to the uh, ladies' event over in Kr- uh, Kranskogora. The race was supposed to be in Maribor, in Slovenia, but the, due to the lack of snow, they switched it over to the uh, famous hill in Kranskogora. Usually save just for the men but the ladies had their opportunity on their on Saturday's giant slalom uh, and what a race it was completely uh, different race in Kranskogora to Maribor huh? absolutely I mean, night and day you know, that, that steep at the end of Kranskogora is, is incredibly technical the rolls before it are actually more significant especially when there's not much snow more significant than they look on when you're watching on TV and um, obviously Maribor although can be a long GS is not particularly difficult no. in terms of in terms of a hill um, yeah absolutely terrain, right. yeah. Say. Uh, but who it favoured was Alice Robinson who absolutely took the race by storm she uh, took the win over Vlahova with Provat and Holdner in joint third um, Robinson <laughs> she made a, a big mistake a huge mistake on the first run and she was lying in second where um, I think Vlahova was winning uh, and Robertson was second by a, a few tenths, but then second run she absolutely blitzed it. She, her skiing was, was phenomenal, awesome. wasn't it? Absolutely awesome. It was next level GS, uh, male or female. I don't really care. It was so exciting to watch. I've not seen someone ski like that for years. The 
total commitment to Absolutely. the top of the turn, the lack of respect for any floating or schmearing or whatever you want to call it. It was unbelievable. And I'm a huge fan of Alice Robinson. She's so talented, so gifted. And to be from a non-massive Alpine nation, it makes me even more excited about her performances. It means more um, when you come from a smaller nation to have performances like that. That second run, she made two big mistakes. She was on the right foot. She got thrown out from the right foot twice down that second run. And if you've got time, Go and check out Warner Nickerson's bully edit of Alice Robinson training for Crash Kagora <coughs> because she's going around those little carrot line stupid things that you think for 12-year-olds and one of the best GS skiers in the world right now uses line corrective technology in her training. So for all people out there that think they're too good for something, forget it, you're too good for nothing. And one of the best year skiers in the world right now uses things to develop themselves, as Alice Robinson did. And uh, what a second run! Absolutely. Uh, and and she, you, you talked about those a couple of mistakes that she made. Uh, she made those mistakes. She made the mistake on the first run, but never panicked, which is something that you don't necessarily associate with such a young athlete. You normally think that the experienced athlete will make a mistake and they're the ones that are just going to sort of let that wash over them and crack on. And she just absolutely. Just well, put she, it to the back of her she mind. She never seems happy just to maintain, does she? You know, even down the last steep, she had an error, and you'd think, it'd be like, okay, well, you know, a bit of subconscious, oh, Jesus, right? Take it steady. But she just seems to put the hammer down even more. She has a mistake and just goes even harder at the course. Um, and the interesting thing for me was watching her, I actually, I watched her a few years ago in New Zealand, and um, I'll eat my words here because Nils Koberger came up and he said, oh, I won't, yeah, do, I won't do the impression, but Nils got but, um, loads of stories. Alice Robinson, <laughs> Alice Robinson, she's gonna do, she's gonna do sub twenty, I think it was sub fifteen, first year fears, first race. And I looked at him, and I just watched her four running. This was last year of children's, and she's sort of ten gates, full hammer out, back in, ten gates, full hammer out, back in, going straight. Had amazing speed, but I was thinking, well, come on, I mean, you've got to be able to finish to finish courses. This this isn't isn't gonna happen, but. He was right, um, and to see her doing what she's doing now on World Cup, and not just on not just on a easier hill or a um, a piece that lends itself to being clean at the top of the turn, but on some of the hardest terrain, win at Solden, steep, win at Kranzgagora, steep. To be able to ski that way at the top of the turn and keep doing it again yep. and again and again is just is unbelievable for an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, by no means would have any of her victories those two been down to anything other than her good skiing it's not been because she's been presented with it you know an opportunity to win she yeah. earned, has earned both of those victories and she did something special in andorra at the finals as well um the piece needs to be challenging and and, and it brings up an interesting point are the piece challenging enough regularly on the women's circuit is a point that, that i sometimes i think feel yeah that the piece sometimes aren't challenging enough to really show us what we want to see. That's just my opinion on that. No, I, th I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, you, you're absolutely right with Maribor. It's it's not a tricky hill. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I get it that you can't have crazy hills all the time. And, and at the same time, we've talked about Bormio, uh, uh, Bansko for the ladies when they there were there. There should be on the such a variation races. between the men yeah. and the women. I think I think that's what it boils down to. There, there should there shouldn't be such a variation between the challenging ones for the guys and the women. The women are the best in the world and they're amazing at that and they should be challenged more from, from, from how I see it. No, yeah, I think I, I, mean, I think it's right. But they, um, <coughs> yeah, they're, they're good enough to be doing it, so why not make it more difficult? You know, it's a better spectacle. I mean, it's not quite as... Uh, I guess the problem is that the, the deficits grow quite quickly on the ladies' side, whereas the men's side... You, you tend to have closer racing out to the 30 and if the, the, the tracks become more difficult then then it becomes m even more challenging for the, the well, later remember start some, years, some years ago when they I can't remember which year it was but when they treat when they really did a, a, a big job on the piece with watering the piece I think it was in Aspen some years ago um, for a slalom on the ladies side and I think it ended up being six or six plus seconds um, 
was the disparity between first and thirtieth. Yeah. It ended up being, and that's know, probably that's, and that's, that's, that's the surface that's rather than the rather piece. than the terrain. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But that's, and, and I'm all about terrain. Surface is a different thing. But and Crans was exciting to watch. Throw more terrain at everyone. Absolutely, it was you know watching it. Well, it, was, it was cool to see. It was exciting. Well, actually, you got to be careful about throwing terrain at everyone. You listen, all of that stick that the parallel GS got for that extra terrain. <laughs> that that that, that, <laughs> that comes down to something else. I think of the unfairness of blue winning throughout all semi-finals and it's not so much terrain as it is unfairness between parallel the and thing is with GS is just too yeah the thing is with the, the parallel GS it's it's on a natural slope and you're not going to get that length of totally even it's almost the start of it obviously with the city events those are those are man-made structures you know yeah. the one in Munich the one in Oslo Stockholm. I believe it, you know it's really yeah you can make that it's on scaffolding you know it's yeah you can make it exactly the same yeah. unless you hit a rock like Dave did in Stockholm when mm -hmm. he was off for the win and he smashed his edge out in Stockholm got, and got beat by um, so you can't, you can't it, when yeah. it's two courses next to one another it can never be the same and I think that's what we all need to understand yeah. it, it's a different it's discipline. impossible for it to be the same yeah. blue versus red I think the job the terrain thing was thrown in as an extra frustration you know as soon as it was almost like Paolo was taking a slating Oh, yeah, there's this, also a jump. This. I love parallel. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. great. It should just be, you have to race on both sides each time. Yeah, it exa be exactly. Fairer. And we need to potentially go down to 16 to create that. The space and the timetable to be able time to frame to have an hour show and the rest of it. It, it needs to be 50. You need to ski on both courses. Then it is fair. And yeah. there's nothing to argue about. Exactly. Exactly. Um, on the GS side, uh, quickly, before we move on to the slum, Brunoni, who is leading the standings in Giant Slalom, was down in eighth place, but she holds best part of 70 points. Lead in the uh, Giant Slalom standings, Vlahova in second, uh, Schifrin in third. Um, the Americans put out a tweet about Schifrin um, just to try and get everybody to quieten down. She's not on the start list. We're not expecting her on the start list. We don't know when she's coming back. Respect all of that sort of mm. her private life. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't finish the rest of the season I think she's well within her rights to do what she needs to do to deal with that sort of stuff so um, we are in a position now where we're looking at the, the races that are there and Flahova and Robinson and those girls are putting on a, a banging show. On a great show I think before the end of the season it would be nice to see Holden a win, a win. win a World Cup <laughs> yeah. um, I mean she's so consistent isn't she in the in the top in the top three um, I don't, I don't know what she's at 23 or 24 podiums something like that um, crazy stat without a, without a win yet it would be awesome and I think it would be a, a massive again going back to the Swiss a massive celebration when she does um, I don't think it's just to be a celebration for the, for the Swiss I think <laughs> the, the whole, whole of the whole Alpine of World Cup will be uh, will be yeah cheering will be right behind her I think they're probably the most popular win in World Cup when she gets that first one and speaking of holding I mean pretty cool that uh, Horvat managed to get on the podium as well in her home race yeah um, Brilliant to see. Absolutely. Uh, on to the slalom, which was on Sunday. Uh, Vlahova took the lead, the win. Holdner was second, and Katy Trooper was in third. Loseth threw away a bit of an opportunity to, to grab a podium, but the person who threw away it the most was Anas van Larsen, uh, leading after the first run, leading by a massive margin on the final split, skied down the steepest part of the racetrack, four gates from home takes a massive tumble and uh, throws away 45,000 Swiss with a couple of gates to go and rung her belt, <laughs> rung her belt to boot. That'd be slalom. <laughs> if you can hit a, rock, do a front flip like that, you've got some skills. But the overall picture of the day for me was Filova's Slovakian fans and their messages towards Schifrin and the loss of her father and how much we dear to have her back and without any pressure and expectation of that and the loss of a family member nobody can ever deal or expect how that works out for you personally but uh, how much she is missed and uh, I thought that was a great touch and Volova's fans although she's doing very well with Schifrin not being there respected the fact that Schifrin wasn't there and I thought that was a moment of mm. the race. What did the banner say? Um we, we want you back or something yeah. like that wasn't it that they, that they had up yeah it's a nice it's a really nice touch I think everybody's trying their best to well and especially after earlier on in the season with obviously the, the filming of the training and everything else is in my opinion blown out of all proportion 
um, and that you know people wanting to build up this battle between the two it's you know Schifrin is despite her amazing skiing <laughs> her superhuman skiing is only human and yeah. I think it's quite easy you know when she has a day where she's you know she comes in second or third and people oh what happened to Schifrin today and yeah, she's getting sick and tired of those questions as well. To be yeah, fair. and I think she's always super respectful of her competitors, and it's it's really nice to see that her competitors are treating her as a as a human being, and you know, looking out for her and genuinely care about her. I think. Yeah. Uh, we had two British ladies racing this weekend. We saw uh, Alex Tilly had a very good first run, went into, and she went into 16th, but ended up 21st, I think it was, if memory serves me correctly, in the giant slalom, but unfortunately just dropped back on that second run, unable to keep that fight and keep that charge on the first run. It's just a little bit lateral, a little bit, that hip seems to drop back with Alex when the confidence isn't quite there and just made a couple of, not, not schoolboy errors, because it makes it sound like it's, you know, she's been stupid. It just a couple of, Basic, again, similar sort of sounding words, but basic errors in terms of stuff that you just don't expect. She's so powerful. She, she's such a great GS skier. She's so committed to that new ski. She just seems to get trapped on it. Yeah. She's, and that, she's, and her hip drops I, further and further back. Worked with Alex back in the Scottish team days many, many, many moons ago and loved working with her. And and it's, it's, it's we all work on something that challenges us through our whole career. And whatever your issue is when you're 15 to when you're one of the world's best mm. is the same issue. And you work on it through different vocabulary, but it's still the <coughs> same things that you work through. And she's still working through that. But uh, her ability to, to, to commit to the new age is, is something very special. And that's took her to the top of World Cup racing over a run in Giants Island. Yeah, and... Uh I, I hope, I and mean, we talk about it a lot, and we say the same thing about Laurie and Dave, and uh, and Charlie, to to some degree. But it's when these when these two runs, the holy grail of tech skiing, when these two runs <laughs> are get nailed. We've been talking about it a lot this week yeah. about one run and back choices. to bed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that exact line. I mean, I think <laughs> we were, so we're here in Bormio at the English Alpine Championships in various different guises, and. Um, uh, we were watching slalom today, and there were men's and women's slaloms going on. And I think there were m they did more turns today than I'd probably done in my entire speed racing career. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's too many turns and too many runs. I think we had 64, 64 turns or 62 changes of direction in the women's first run today. Yeah, and I think I probably barely, we probably barely did that in one season of downhill. Uh, up top, there's 260 racers of young under 14s and 16s doing 5 million turns. But to the respect of the English Championships, they got through it very well. Uh, no, it was, uh, but Bormio is still... So we are now um, mid-February, and the, the Stelvio track is still as bulletproof today yeah. as it was back in uh, uh, just after Christmas. Um, uh, the other Brit we had racing was uh, Alex, uh, Charlie guest sorry on the slalom side she missed second run by just under two tenths it's uh it's coming she's able to it's do coming. it in europa European cup she's cup, won yeah. a couple of europa cups this season and again i just wonder whether the the europa cup hills to world cup hills like they are on the men's side just that, that's such a it's a big step from europa cup whether you're talking men's or women's to world cup and, and is, it just, is it just a case of more experience on these more difficult racetracks? I think there's a little bit of that, but I think it is a massive step up in terms of the atmosphere and in terms of the whole show going on around you. So you can go to a European Cup race and it can feel like a high-level fizz race. There's not always a great deal going on. You know, there's, there's no grandstand at the bottom necessarily. There's, you know, there's not TV cameras everywhere. There's not advertising banners you go to a World Cup race and suddenly there's a whole fanfare around it. There's, there's people everywhere. There's, there's way more security accreditations. What I do have to say, so that part, that could play a part, but what I definitely want to say is that um, seeing Charlie once or twice this year only, but knowing her new coach this season, Simone, um, he's a super hard worker as far as I can see. And um, having chatted to him, he certainly seems happy. And when I've seen Charlie around, she seems really positive about the team she's got around her 
and the program that she's following and the generally the environment that she's got set up. So I do think it's only a matter of time. It comes from belief. It comes from belief in what around, surrounds you. And if you inspect with Petra Fahova and Wendy Holdner, um, you need to feel your place in that moment. And that takes time, that takes confidence. And sometimes these women are at the Europa Cup, sometimes they're not. But the best in the world are always going to show up at World Cup. And you've got to pull your best performance out yourself. And that's hard to do when it's at the very top level. And she has the ability to do that, and she's still learning, is what I would say. So, yeah. I think there's, you know, this this whole whole side of it, the psychological side, you see it in um, in junior races as well. You know, you go to a hard fizz race, and are the Brits essentially are they you know they're in a corner of the cafe, they're keeping quite quiet, they're allowing other people to go in the lift in front of them. You turn up at the uh, you know an NJR sit race or the the English champs, and suddenly they're Johnny. Johnny Big Balls with the elbows out and they're, they're first on the lift and they're barging their way and they want best seats in the cafe and everything else. And, uh, you know, Charlie is a, a big dog in European Cup. She's, she's won some. She's, you know, she's proven herself at that level. And she's probably, I'm not saying she walks around kicking people off tables in cafes, but she probably turns up at Europa Cup thinking, yeah, I've got this. And then maybe still turns up at World Cup thinking, I hope I manage this. Yeah. And it, it's a slightly different... It's a different thing, as, uh, we, I think as so. we know. Because you, I think you're, you're both saying exactly the similar thoughts to myself. <laughs> I think that you, it's where you feel at home. And I think until you've done something on World Cup, like when you were racing, Finn, I'm sure when you, all your top 30s and you get in that top 10s and all that sort of stuff happens, you feel like you've earned your place at World Cup. You are there out of, because you are that good. Whereas I think until that happens, you're always going to be the person in the, on the periphery. You're always going to be the person that's just in the background slightly. But in Europa Cup, yeah, I've done that, been there, done that before. I'm the person, you know, I deserve to be here. I'm the person that people look at to see exactly. what my performance. I'm the person that's getting filmed during the race because they want to see what I'm doing. And obviously in that, it doesn't happen at World Cup until you've proven yourself. So, um, yeah, definitely got the skill set. I'm just hoping that there's enough races left in the season that we can that she can finish off this season in style and uh, and therefore then crack on because she's god knows she's had a lot of injuries and a lot of setbacks on that side of things so to be able to to close out a season like that is just going to make the summer so much easier and it's actually it being mid-february starting talking about summer is probably enough about that um so the weather, the weather in borneo doing it yeah it's like uh, the middle of pretty, april pretty sunburned <laughs> so, yeah. um so that uh brings us to the end of the uh, look back at last weekend we've got an interesting really interesting weekend of racing i am very much looking forward to the men's races in japan in neighbor um i can't remember when the last time we were there um so i'm really looking forward to something new well new for me i mean it's not it's been there before in world cup but i'm kind of looking forward to seeing that i mean it used to be on the program every season back uh before nagano 98 way back when used to be a regular slalom stop for alan and the rest of the uh, slalom crew and it's great to see it back um it's obviously a worry. Um, Zenhausen put out on his social media a picture of all the Swissies going in with their masks on with the worry of coronavirus whilst we lost last week's China races for coronavirus. It's great that these ones are going ahead and let's hope that everybody gets there and, 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 and has the experience. And we all think of Japan these days as this powder mecca, but there is Alpine racing to be <coughs> had over there. Uh, and I don't think they've had them powder mecca this year so i think it's gonna be pretty solid underfoot <laughs> so oh, and, and after the um actually don't know don't know if you guys know this probably do but after the uh world cup races the the brits or goldwin the sponsors yes. are at, of um our kit supplies are actually taking a children's team out to go and do the goldwin youth cup and same resort the the following week so that'll be an amazing experience Such for a some cool of the young brits to, wow. to go out there and to um you know, to race on part of the same hill that the World Cup men are on the week before. Um, yeah, should be a should be yeah, an so amazing amazing week. Yes, it's a lucky opportunity for a few of those guys. I think they're, that's something that will live long in the memory. Uh, so Saturday is GS, Sunday is a slalom. What are your thoughts about victors this weekend? I must actually just say uh, t that 
Luke Stain, who I was on the pod <laughs> last week, did actually call Robinson for the GS win. I was a little bit sceptical about that as well when he did it. I was like, come so on. So much more easy on the morning of the race yeah. rather than. We're not so doing this far ahead, ahead Finn. This is, you know. This is, this is truly challenging. I'm not used to this. I'm not used to this. No chance to look at what the snow's doing. No chance to well, think that's about. Most relevant things. I don't even know. What, I don't even know what the hill's like over there. It's um, snowy. What, what <laughs> coaches and athletes talking about these things make it so much easier. Yeah, so to still be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least this way that there's, you know, you could take some sort of uh, happiness that doesn't. No one's going to think that you should know the answer to a week out of this race call. So yeah, on that note, Finn. <laughs> Giant slalom. Uh, I guess you, you're p- picking off form in terms of who's going to stand up and uh, and grab this GS uh, title by the by the house. I mean, is it going to be salted? Tell me, tell me. It's going to be Christofferson. It's going to be snowy and uh, <laughs> salted. I'll go Christofferson. Um, yeah, but I, I find it didn't too work. difficult. It didn't work. Out. It didn't work. Sultan in um, Garmisch for him, though, did it? Yeah, yeah, it was a bit steeper. A bit steeper on the, as I remember the Japan slope. So. Oh, okay, so it's a bit steeper. Okay, so you've got interesting. Yeah, exactly. Bit of inside info. So are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that you're not going to give me a winner? Come on. I just said Christopher. Do you think it might be salted? Yes. <laughs> That's as good as I get this far out. <laughs> we do slalom? No. Yes, we will, but not, not, not first. I think we go for Pantera. Do you think he's gonna he's gonna try and No, I was just looking at my sheet and I saw his name, so Pantera. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, shall I just round out Kranja and pick, pick the top three? Yeah, there you go. Right, do, you, do you want to read us, One, out two, the top, read us out the top seven in the standings? What, are you just going to pick? <laughs> oh, you too, buddy, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, Kranja, there we go. Um, Slalom. Well, hang on, is Raposa going, actually? Got a back, uh, actually got a back, I've got a back of my back of Brit. I actually don't know if Charlie's there. Let's, uh, uh, let me... You carry on with the slalom picks. I'm going to check out social media, which is the only place where you'll find out what Chiraposo is doing. Sometimes you can be hard on him. <laughs> is that true, Mark? What, being hard on Charlie? Yeah. Well, he's got the moves. He's got the moves. He just needs to pull them out in the big day. I believe he's got the moves. I just think he needs to continue figuring out how he can pull them out of himself on the big day. Slalom then, Mark. Well, I... Search through his social media. Slalom. I'm gonna go for a safe bet of Daniel Yule. Okay. I think he's been. Yeah, it's gonna be warm out there. The fishers aren't gonna work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, rather than sit on the fence, hey, Bratton, Bratton, oh, Bratton for me. I nicked it from you. There we go. I'm into Bratton. Oh, oh. I'm a massive fan. I'm gonna go Pertle. Really? Yeah. There we go, man. 37-33 in the last races. There yeah. we go. I think that he's got as good a shot as any. We haven't been there for a long time, as we just said. So uh, experience, I don't think it's going to count for too much. Where is Pertle on World Cup start list now? Any idea? He's got to be in the 15, yeah, surely, with 33. that. He's got, he's got to have made it into, the, into that with the podium. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we go on to the ladies' race. They're racing double downhill. Um, and then Alpine combined over there. Montana. Can. It's it's if it's as if it it's continues to sun. be this it, it, warm. It's on Cran Montana. Sees the sun. Be... It's really difficult when they put salt on it. It's totally south facing. It can be brutal and injury prone. Yeah. Due to those issues. Um, last time I was there, John O'Brien did his knee in, and I started to decide not to race anymore in a Europa <laughs> Cup in Cran Montana. Because it's so south-facing. It's a, it is a tough place. It's, it's, it's great when it's cold winter snow. It's horrendous when it's um, spring snow. But Interesting. I um, I would love to see Esther Ledecker mix it up, dual wielding, and uh, and smashing a win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back her. Ledecker, uh, Finley. Who are you going for? I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna go Suter. Swiss well. leading Swiss the standing, Swiss. safe bet. Swiss, 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 Swiss. Yeah, bro- yeah. Ravensburg's, Ravensburg's out. Ravensburg out. Yeah. 
do you want me to, you want me to read out some possibilities for yeah, you? Yeah, top five. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so, so Suter leading the standing, Schifrin in second. We don't but Suter's know. really technically good and it'll be mushy and it'll be salty, so it'll continue down the line. Brignone, Ravensburg, Crotone. Brignone. She's, 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 she's got a nice flowing style that can get through the salty, horrible snow that it might. Okay, so I've gone for Yule and Ledeca and Pantarell. I haven't done that a bit. Thank you for giving me some names. <laughs> uh, Alpine combined. You what? Alpine combined. Holdner. Holdner. <laughs> she's going to take the win. Holdner. Backing her. Yep. Wait, he's already gone for that. You can't have I it. said it first. Did you? <laughs> Jesus and I'm going to go in before you, and I'm going to say <laughs> Brinoni. Oh my God. Uh, Come back to me. Come back. This is much harder than I thought it was. <laughs> I always have listened to your podcasts <laughs> and thought they're being indecisive. And yeah. They all want to go for the same person. It's, no, bloody, it's bloody easy to go for the same person when it's miles away. <laughs> You're, wow. you're actually quite good at picking it on the day, Finn. So, uh, I have to uh, on the day, part way down the first run. <laughs> no, no I, I have written it down on the paperwork and done very well this year, but um, yeah, I don't bet on it, so Nick always tells me to bet on it. Messina. Yeah, Marta. Good call. She'll yeah. be there. She's got some moves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, If any of us get these right, it's by complete bloody chance. Yeah, uh, and the downhill, let's just pray that it gets a bit colder because if it stays this warm, they may as well get the boat out and do some water skiing down there because it is just <coughs> going to be a, uh, a river. There's always the mono ski. Ski the mono. <laughs> I nearly brought mine here. <laughs> you, you're, you're surely banned from the mono after your broken wrists. Of I just bought a new one. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, faction. Pit Viper collab. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna? Are you entering the uh, world? Is it mono world champs? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You got your f- got your fl- fluoro onesie as yeah. well. Shelly girls the office. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I think that. Oh, I just had a message from Charlie, uh, and no, <laughs> he's not going to Japan. He's doing Europa Cup. P.S. Please like my last post. Had another spasm and tweak in my back yesterday, so I'm currently immobile AF. I thought this was a non-swearing podcast. Well, I didn't say it, did I? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right, before this does... It is deteriorating quite quickly. So, So, okay, uh, boys, yeah, thank you very much for joining me. Until next time. What a pleasure. (laughs) Good, (laughs) goodbye, you two jokers.